Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. So we got a great conversation coming up. Uh, Pastor Adam Hamilton will be joining us in the 5 o'clock hour because we're, we're going to change the pace a little bit following just a horrible week in our city. Uh, I, I say that, an amazing week that turned into a horrible week. Um, but Adam Hamilton will be joining us at 5 o'clock. We're going to do a round of gratitudes today. Very quickly, before we get to Mindy, uh, we always correct ourselves on this show when we're wrong, and I was wrong. Uh, Pistol Pete Maravich is the leading scorer in men's college basketball, and he does currently have more points than Caitlin Clark. Okay. So I thank I, you. People for were writing in about that, and I wanted to make the correction for the record. The clarification. I think it's also important to mention one more time that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have just announced a partnership where you can donate for mental health services for anyone who was impacted by what has happened in our town this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to all of our social platforms to find it. This is directly from your Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. He writes, just like hashtag Chiefs Kingdom has always been there for me and my family, we want to be there for them. The Kansas City Chiefs have launched hashtag KC Strong, an emergency response fund supporting victims and their families, violence prevention and mental health services, as well as services for first responders. Please join Brittany and me and 15 in the Mahomies to support if you are able. And the donation site we will link on all of our social platforms. It is chfs.me slash Casey Strong. And I am so thrilled this hour to bring in my dear, dear friend, um, Mindy Corcoran, one one of the first people I thought of, honestly, this week. Uh, And I was so happy when you reached out today, Mindy, so happy um, that I was able to see your face and and speak because you are always such a comfort in times of um, trauma and tragedy. And so thank you for being that voice and welcome to the program. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Hi, Scott. Hi, Mindy. Good to talk Hi. to you again, as always. I I appreciate it. I'm sorry it's under these circumstances. In particular, I always like coming in specifically just for seven days and kindness, but um, that this is more about grief and the trauma that really everyone associated with the Chiefs has now felt some more um, physically than others. But I watched the parade on TV and and then came back to my laptop to find breaking news breaking news and so um you know i was heartbroken we were heartbroken when we saw what happened so you're in florida now but you are a kansas city girl at heart you were a kansas city chiefs cheerleader i want to point that out you are very much part of chief's kingdom um one of the things i spoke to you about 
personally today, and I have shared this story, is that I feel like people are starting to get angry. We're starting to see some anger, and not anger necessarily about the shooting. Everyone is angry about that. But anger toward each other when we are misunderstanding um, where people are coming from from their own place of trauma and grief. And you have launched um, so many efforts to help people kind of navigate through these horrible times. Um, I'll remind everybody you can go to WorkplaceHealing.com. You help with people in the workplace deal with trauma. And so talk a little bit how we navigate this in our own family, also in our work family, um, whether you were there or not, I think everyone can use this advice. Sure, thank you. Uh, yeah, so and when, I'd like to circle back to at some point why I actually called you today, why I wanted to reach out to you, because I think that is important as well. But I'm going to start with what you led me into, because it's your radio show, not mine. Um, no, it's, it's yours, not ours, but continue. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Go ahead. So I'm going to start with family. Um, and just so I don't know how you introduced me ahead of time, but just so everyone understands, I'm speaking from personal experience of you know, living and surviving after a, an enormous tragedy. So losing my dad and son in 2014 um, to a hate crime, to gun violence and, and finding them. So finding my dad in the parking lot already deceased and finding my son um, shot and in the hands of two people who were trying to help him. So I am speaking from that and then all of the experiences that we had. And we did not do everything best, right? We did not do everything right. And I actually um, want to just give a, a broad general idea of what I think, Dana, wants, what you want me to speak on is that when trauma happens, we have learned and I have learned and then, and then I've seen it in written material, and I've heard it from mental health professionals, we automatically go to whatever our natural instinct is, and everyone has a different instinct. And you mentioned anger, and anger is definitely a human instinct, um, but so is being quiet, and so is, you know, blanking things out, and, and so are sometimes inappropriate jokes, you know, funny, being funny. Um, everyone has their own personality, and we found very quickly in our household, there were three of us left in my household, and we all were grieving differently. And just specifically, Lucas, um, who was 12 at the time of the murders, his first instinct, he had a couple of things. One was anger, and he, you know, showed that anger toward me more than anyone. Um, and then what he did is in therapy, I think he learned that it could be important for him to find humor. And so he dragged us and I went to, you know, watch these movies, um, dragged us to watch funny movies. I, I've told people we, I've watched every Will Ferrell movie there is two or three times because he wanted mom and dad together and he wanted to hear mom and dad laugh. I wanted nothing to do with that. And, and then Lynn, you know, he got kind of um, captured by his friends and they took him out and, and he just released out being with his guy, with his buddies and being away from the home. And then I worked and I just created things. I just, I didn't sleep much and I just kept creating, you know, what can I do? What can I do? So everyone reacts differently. And that is where division can come in. And my 
concern would be for people. There were so many people affected, million people affected, plus everyone just kind of seeing it on TV, that we need to be aware of who is in our household, who is in our working cohort, who is around us, and and be self-aware of how am I responding to this and how is, you know, my child responding to it or my partner or whoever. So, so that we have grace for one another on how we're individually responding. Uh, Mindy, by the way, Will Ferrell is an American treasure and one of the greatest actors <laughs> in our generation, as I'm sure you're, you're well aware. I'm very well aware of every <laughs> movie he's been in. <laughs> so so them all. One of the things I asked you, Mindy, because I have a different reaction to this than my husband did. I have a very different reaction to some people online. And you said, like, everyone's reaction is okay. You know, I always say feelings are like colors. They just are. It's not good or bad. But if something is triggering you, like someone is telling jokes and you're like, like, what is wrong with this person? It's best just to remove yourself from that situation now and not go online and tell them to go blank themselves. Yes, it's best to not allow yourself to be poked by someone. I mean, if someone is is bothering you with their comments, ignore them. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't know. I, I didn't know, and I probably, and even if I had known, I, I would not have turned your show on, that you all were on late an extra hour on Wednesday, and I heard another caller say that, and I do think that's wonderful. What I did is I turned everything off. I saw the news. I saw what was happening. I turned everything off. I called a few people, and I and I hunkered down because I just needed to do that for myself. So some people will maybe still are reacting that way. You know, I'm coming to the news a little bit later because I purposely cannot dive into the details of it early on. It's too painful. It's too raw. Whereas I will tell you, Lucas, at 12 years old, he knew how to get on a computer and he looked up everything, everything about the shooter. And, you know, and I was in a fog in a daze and I found him one time on the computer and he was crying and he was reading all this material that he'd found on the on the murder of our family and I just was like oh my gosh so I I sat with him and said why do you need to know this and he said I just need to know why he did it and he was trying to find the reason on his own why did he do it and that's what he was choosing to do whereas I shut the door to everything that that man represented so again in our own household we did things very differently how, how, how long did that take you uh, Mindy I, I remember your your family's tragedy uh, I don't know if you recall this, but but Dana and I were thrown out a first pitch when you guys were at the Royals game that night, and um, what what an incredibly uh, emotional night that was. But how how long did it take you where you could just shut that evil person out of your life, out of your mind, and out of your family's way? So I did it pretty quickly. The only time that I well, when I did see him was when it flashed on TV and I didn't have control over, you know, them flashing on TV. So we turned a lot of TVs off during the trial. And then on purpose, we went to the courthouse three times, only three times. And we saw him those three times. Um, the most powerful time that we saw him was probably when we read our victim statement. And we stood right next to him. We were two feet from him. And oh. I was shaking like a leaf. I mean, I was shaking. But we um, we had to do a lot of work to keep Lucas from going to see him maybe on his own. I mean, Lucas tried to get people to take him to the jail or take him. And he we called um, the district attorney and 
the district attorney's office met with Lucas and Lucas had questions for them. I mean, again, he wanted so badly to know all the details and everything about that man. And I didn't want to know anything. I didn't, I I don't remember his name unless people bring it up. That is how far removed he is from my brain. And I did that pretty quickly. So my point is people are going to, and, we're going to react differently to it. And my concern for so many people being affected by this exact same trauma, but in different ways, is that we need as adults, first of all, the adults in the household or the, or the adults at work need to have some self-aware conversations and then maybe have some team conversations, some family conversations about what is, you know, little Johnny's uh, personality, you know, is he an artist? Is maybe he going to start drawing pictures about this? And you know, what is that? Let's give him that opportunity to do that. Or maybe you've got sports kids in your household, and they really want to go to practice. You know, let them go to practice. We, Lucas demanded to go back to lacrosse um, about two weeks later, and I was I fearful. Yes, I was fearful, but I also knew he needed to go to lacrosse. One, he wanted to be outside. He didn't want to be inside listening to me cry and um, and he needed to be physical. So you have to really pay attention to how you yourself are going to react to something. And Dana said that she reacts with anger. And I said, well, you know, Dana, you can't fight the people who did this. So if somebody picks a fight with you, even unknowingly, that's where you're going to go. You're going to go to that because that is a comfort for you. Whereas I am not going to pick a fight with somebody. I'm going to talk about, you know, well, let's sit down and talk about this and maybe you should write a letter or maybe, you know, so we all do it differently. And we just need to be very aware of how our children would react, how our spouses would react and um, have family meetings, have team meetings at work. And Um, Mindy, real quick, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to text in questions for you at 913-586-7798. 913-586-7798. Our guest this hour, uh, my dear friend, Mindy Corporan. I can't wait to hear why you called me, um, but I was so glad that you did. And we're going to take a really quick break and we'll come right back. Gratitude Friday coming up in the five o'clock hour of the program today with a good friend of the show, Pastor Adam Hamilton with the Church of the Resurrection in Leewood, will be joining us in studio in the 5 o'clock hour today. And go to WorkplaceHealing.com for more information about helping navigate um, trauma in the workplace. I think this entire city is feeling it. We're all feeling it in different ways. Um, and we're so happy to have my friend Mindy Corporan on to kind of help hold our hand through all of this. L- let me ask you briefly about the children. Uh, we-, we had a psychiatrist on yesterday, I believe from Children's Mercy, who even said, this is new territory for us. Um, how, how do you help us navigate as parents what to do with the younger children uh, who were separated from mom and dad, who were running for their lives, who don't understand why this happened? Yeah, as a parent of a 12-year-old who experienced significant trauma, so just so people understand what trauma Lucas actually experienced is he saw Terry Lamano's body in the parking lot. And um, deceased, and he saw my dad's body under a tarp, and he saw the truck all blown out. So it's, it, I mean, Lucas experienced significant trauma by losing his granddad and his brother, but he he visually saw a lot of things, and um, he slept on our floor 
um, wrapped in a cocoon for about four months. Uh, and that mm-hmm. happened two other times. One, well, one other time for sure in, um, in the span of time that we were on that, in that home in Orchard Lane in Stillwell. So, I, I mean, I would think that if your children were separated from the families who had any kind of separation, there will clearly be separation anxiety. And if your kids want to sleep on your floor and have a tent, I would absolutely do that as long as they need to do it. I promise you at some point they will leave uh, your (laughs) your room, um, but let them do it. Um, If Lucas said to me one day, I was leaving, he said, mom, don't get shot. And so we stopped and talked about that and he had fear about that. So there were more check-ins. Um, you know, they're going to be fearful and you've got to think about their age. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, four, five, six-year-olds who are in school or, or preschool and they, they color, you know, right? And they have, they do drawings or they, maybe they do a puppet, you know, like a sock play. I used to do sock plays all the time. So maybe they do theater what, or maybe they are in sports or whatever it is that they're doing as a child in their age group, um, sit with them while they're doing that because they will um, talk with you about it. If they want to play with stuffed animals and tell you a story about how they felt, I would absolutely try to do that to get their feelings out. Um, things, I just want to make sure that I say a couple of things I think are really, really important. There are bad ways to grieve. Okay, there are. And those are the ways that completely numb us from feeling. And I said to you, Dana, when we were talking on the phone, People don't want to feel pain. No one wants to be burned. No one wants to break an arm. No one wants to feel a pain in their heart. People get embarrassed about crying. And I'm just going to say to everybody, you're going to survive. You, you will survive the crying and the pain that you feel in your heart and the heaviness that you feel in your chest. You will either survive it because you'll learn how to process it on your own with friends, et cetera, or you'll learn how to process it with a professional. Yep. I to go to a professional. I went to a professional. Um, I had professional care for a year and then we stopped. And then I had professional care with my husband for another two years. And that was very helpful. Um, but the wrong way to grieve is to numb it completely. Um, if you use substances of any kind and you use them more, whether it's alcohol or any kind of, you know, drug that numbs you from feeling that can get dangerous because then you're you're blocking your human ability and your human need to feel feelings. Yeah. And you're not giving yourself a chance to feel what really transpired. And you need to do that. I wouldn't know anything about that, Mindy. Says the man on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about it. I got a one, I got a one month vacation last year in uh, South Kansas City because I could not process my feelings properly. And, yeah. I, and I turned back to alcohol, and I abused the hell out of it. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad that you were saying that and talking about it because it will make you it, – it can break you in a number of ways, and then it can make you ill to stuff the feelings down. So, so Dana, what I think you wanted me to really talk about is when people experience grief in their own – their first way, like their first personality comes out, you mentioned your Enneagram number – Whatever it is, your, your first intuition, when people come out that way, if, if their way to grieve is to stuff it down and be quiet, then at some point it will come out. But we all do that because it's a safety mechanism. 
it is safety because our brains and hearts are like, what the hell just happened? Mm -hmm. And we can't process it. So we go to our typical personality mode and we try to process it that way. And it has to come in dribs and drabs. People will have dreams. Um, Their brains will try to relive the situation. Um, And if people are reliving the situation while they're awake, I do recommend that they write it out. If you write it out and draw it out, you can keep it. You can burn it if you don't want to keep it. Um, But writing things out is really very um, helpful uh, to get intense emotions out. So when I was super angry back at Lucas or if I was angry at Lynn or if I was angry at the shooter, then I wrote it. I wrote things out. That's why I have so many journals. I have a lot of journals. The the phone number 913-586-7798. I need a quick break and then will you um stick around for another segment, Mindy? I will if you'll show me your face on video. I'm going to FaceTime you right now, I promise. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang tight. Don't hang up. We'll get back with Mindy Corcoran in just a moment here on Dana and Parks. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Opening for Lionel Richie this year in Kansas City. The 21st night of September. Good friend of the program, Mindy Corcoran, uh, sticking around, joining us on the KMBZ hotline. She's dancing with me. I can see her. (laughs) Hey, Mindy, they're opening for Lionel Richie if you want to come back. I could be a background dancer. You totally could be a background dancer. (laughs) You don't want me singing, but I could be a background dancer. You do come back. You come back for seven days in April, which is always right around my birthday, and I'm going to see you in March, so I'm super excited for that. That sounds great, yes. And I was just there for a news conference. So, yes, seven days is in full bloom. And this is why I called you. Can I talk about that? Please. Okay. I thought you just missed me. (laughs) As I said... Truth hurts, don't it? As I said, I did not... um, watch all the news and I have not dug into a lot of what is really going on because I, I don't do that very well. It, it causes me too much anxiety. So I just called my friend Dana and I wanted to know if you knew 
what school these um, these two people that were, um, I guess, arraigned, what the two shooters is what I'm calling them because I don't really know all the details, but I want to know what school they went to. And the reason is because seven days, our foundation has a kindness youth leadership team. And our kindness youth leadership team, our goal at seven days is to be in every school in the Kansas City metro area, including homeschools, et cetera, um, by 2026. And we're in about 30 schools now. Um, and so I wanted to know what school they might have been to so we could talk to the KYLT. But then you and you said back to me, um, you're going to offer me someone's name and number about a youth crisis line. Yes. So we're going to connect the youth crisis line. Our goal is with our kindness youth leadership team. Um, what we work to do is train um, and help youth um, understand, you know, trauma and grief and understand what is going on in their world, but help them be kindness influencers and find other ways to, um, you know, work through life's problems that we all have. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are asking the question, and rightly so, how is it even possible that this trauma has descended upon our city with people that are so young that that mm-hmm. appear to be involved? It, it, I mean, I've had so many people say to me, not that it would somehow be okay if the, if the actors were in their 20s or 30s or 50s or beyond, but... I think you hear teenager and perhaps young teenager and you think, where did we fail? There has to be a failure somewhere for this to have even occurred. Right. And I'm going to say it's probably a collective failure. You know, when one one thing happens, then another thing happened, then another thing happened for these people and these young people. Um, And what we need to do is focus on how can we – work that away in a backwards momentum for everybody else who has not, you know, yet gone down this path. So we want to be available to young people, middle schoolers, when they are really at so, so vulnerable in middle school and trying to make life decisions. Um, There's so many great organizations in Kansas City. There's um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. There's Boys and Girls Club. There's Operation Breakthrough. There's Seven Days. I mean, we we, and that's just the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. There's so many. And so if if students are not involved in some of these things, you know, we, we I think that hopefully I heard you mention that the uh, Patrick Mahomes and Brittany and their foundation are going to help with mental health. Well, maybe that can also lead to helping get get every single student who needs a place to go after school. Um, a place to go after school sure. and to get mentors in place. You, you had mentioned off the air some of the mistakes that you made. And I, I bristle at that word, Mindy, because I think people look at you and and are in awe of the way you were able to navigate one of the most devastating things that any of us can imagine. Um, I don't like the word that you used there. I, I, maybe we can come up with another word. but But talk to people a little bit about... Um, how all of the feelings are okay. Yes, uh, well, all of the feelings are okay. We just want to make sure that if we're having feelings of significant anger uh, towards someone else or hurtful um, feelings toward ourselves, that we do get help. So I'm going to mention some things that we look back now and they're they're funny now, but yeah. we did them. And you call so them mistakes. I, I would rather call it looking back things that maybe you would do differently because I don't think there's any right or wrong after the trauma you witnessed. 
that's fine. I mean, I I own it. Lynn and I own the fact that, hey, that like we probably should have paused a little longer before we did that. Um, so so we had a dog and and we still have her and her name is Lucy and she is now 12 years old. But Lucas and Lynn one day decided we needed another dog because Lucas and Lynn wanted this new puppy in the house. And what they had conveniently forgotten is that I had trained Lucy with the help of Reet and Lucas. We had gone to dog training classes. And now the two of them brought this puppy into the house and they thought, I guess, that miraculously Lucy might train the new puppy. Um, it just didn't work out very well for us. And so um, we found a perfect home for that puppy, and maybe even the listener who has that puppy is listening. I, they they renamed her Hope, and we were so grateful that Aww. we found a good home for her. We having that puppy made me angry, and so um, it just nobody was caring for her the way that I think that they thought would happen. Um, a puppy then, is not going to fix this. No, no. So when your child or your spouse comes to you and says they really feel like they need to snuggle on something, get them a stuffed animal. Um, maybe go visit the zoo or go play with someone else's dogs. I'm not sure, but that just this was not perfect for us. It did not work out well. And then the other thing that we did, um, trying to really kind of give Lucas whatever we thought he needed, was um, we bought him a go-kart. Um, again, that just was not the right thing at the time. I don't remember how long we had it. It wasn't super dangerous. It was a little, it was just a little crazy for us. Um, I don't even know where that go-kart went, but it left the house. So, you know, there are things, I mean, there are better, there are good ways to walk through it. It, But it's just going to be hard and it's not easy. I don't want anyone to think it's going to be easy. But when we grow and you say people look at me and think that I did this so great and miraculously, you know, I really grew from the pain. I mean, I sat in the pain. My family sat in the pain and and we thought about it and we wrote about it and we talked about it. And then we, you know, we're we were melded by it and, and I became a different person because of it. And so maybe this trauma affects some people and they become different. And that's OK. It's OK to do that because. It's a it's a hard thing to go through. Any kind of trauma is very difficult for people, and we should give everyone the opportunity to be who they need to be as a human to help them heal through the trauma that they felt. Mindy, when you guys do these seven days in the in the local schools, is conflict resolution part of the program or not? So I feel badly that I can't be super direct about that, but I'm going to say yes. Um, but I don't know that I can speak to it as fluently as I should. The best person to speak on that is Jill Anderson, who runs our youth program. Um, I am a little bit more removed from all the dealings of seven days. I stepped down as the president in July of this last year. I was president for nine years. And um, John Pretzman, who works at Terracon, is our president. Molly Kerr is our vice president. She works at BOK Financial. And Jill Anderson runs our youth program. I believe that that um, the crucial conversations and critical conversations are discussed. And I know that Jill has put together a really great mentoring program. It's from September to May. And then the students, um, they apply to be in our KYLT. We, we don't have a ton of capacity because it's a volunteer base. Um, we're working to, to get grants 
um, or find the right place to ask for grants so that we can get more um, human capital to help our, you know, students. Yeah. So, you know, the more adults we can have available, the more students we can help. Um, and, and but I, I don't want to downplay, you know, Boys and Girls Club and YMCA. I didn't say mention them before. Operation Breakthrough. Remember, uh, Mindy, too, can you remind everybody for more resources about seven days, which is always the big week in April, but also um, the workplace help because you wear many, many hats. Remind people where to go. Even the teachers listening right now, this is so helpful for your classroom as well. Oh, my gosh, yes. So seven days has great kindness resources for schools and businesses, and it's S-E-V-E-N-D-A-Y-S dot org. So it's seven days spelled out dot org. And we do have resources for businesses, schools, um, direct for teachers. And again, Jill Anderson was an educator and loves it and runs the program um, and does an excellent job. And then Workplace Healing is workplacehealing spelled out dot com. And we have resources on our site and um, our company were available for consulting services. And then we also built a software that's called the Human Recovery Platform. And that helps leaders create a human recovery plan for their employees who have suffered the death of a loved one or are in a caregiving situation. Perfect. Mindy, thank you. Thank you for joining us on such short notice today. And I was so happy to see that you called and see that beautiful face. And I will see you coming up here in a few weeks. Okay. Thanks. Bye, Scott. Bye, Dana. Enjoy the puppy. (laughs) Uh, all right be good all right quick break here on dana and parks we have gratitude friday with pastor adam hamilton with the church of the resurrection at five o'clock oh sam knows me better than almost anybody he knows that i love the freddie mercury and queen And he knows that I believe this is the greatest song they ever recorded. Don't stop me now. All right, we got an update on Chris Jones. What's the word, Sammy? Uh, So this is just a procedural update, and I cannot emphasize that enough. It is does not mean that he will be back next season, but it means that he could be. They're lining up for that to be true. Uh, The Chiefs picked up the option on all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jones. They retain the right to franchise tag him. They can franchise tag him, meaning they can bring him back in for mandatory conversations about a contract extension. This does not mean... What does franchise tagging mean? It it means he has to be paid a certain amount of money, and it's it's a formula. Okay. It's not the same amount for any franchise player. We want to keep you. You cannot leave. You cannot leave if we want to keep you. If somebody else calls you up to sign you, you can't. We have first right of refusal, essentially. But but there's a formula, and I I don't do the math. Um, and you know, so like if they franchised Patrick Mahomes, for example, what they would have to pay him would be more than if they franchise tagged Chris Jones. Got it. But it guarantees that he's getting all of the incentives that he fought so hard for. I want to be franchise tagged. <laughs> what did you do today? I got franchise tagged. Uh, most players don't want what it. What did you do? Most players don't want it. Why? Because because it takes away their free agency possibilities. Yeah, but pay me, I'll stay. You have been franchise tagged. You're still here. I kind of have actually. You right. got a contract for the next couple of years. <laughs> is that what that? You know, it's funny they didn't explain it that way at the time. There is a franchise tag in your contract. It's called a no compete clause. <laughs> yeah, it is. Take that across the street. See, see how quickly they pull your franchise tag. <laughs> I'm and then not leaving here, uh, Sam. Did, did I understand we have a, a local weights and fish story? Oh, stop it! We do not. We 
We got weights and fit. There we go. This story brought to you out of the state of Kansas, the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks looking into a November 2023 catch for a white crappie that broke the state record. Mm. And they have looked into it a little bit more. They did Mm -hmm. a little scanning on the fish and... uh, well, there's a couple of circles in there that oh, aren't no. natural material. Oh, inside in, in the belly of the in, fish? In the old this belly of the fish. This is above the fold, people, in OutdoorLife.com. We got weights and fish. It's above the fold. <laughs> OutdoorLife. <Yeah>. Is <laughs> it really? In the update today, uh, the KDWP spokeswoman <laughs> released an update. First press release she's ever I sent in her entire dang life. It, dang it. Dang it. You just took my this joke. This is your time to shine, Lisa. Everybody out of my way. Give me the computer. I haven't touched this computer since I started here 20 years ago. Where's the paper? We got weights and fish. <laughs> dang it. Uh, here's another update. First press release she's ever written. From the angler in question. I caught that fish legally and honestly. Mm -hmm. Roughly six months after they certified Bobby Parkhurst and his white crappie as a new state record, game wardens came to his home and took the fish from his freezer. It was confiscated, people. Are you kidding me? I am reading from OutdoorLife.com, and it's... Accuracy will not be why did questioned. He ha- why do you have the fish in the free? Why not just get rid of it or eat it? They did full-on x-rays. That's how they found the metal okay. particles. He claims wildlife officers came to his house and unlawfully took that fish out of his fridge. He earned it. He caught it. You better have a warrant. And then he put some weights on it. <laughs> Can I get a warrant for what? A fish. Quick break. Dan, Dan Weinbaum's got the news coming up in two minutes. Here on Dana and Parks. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.